Hello there. I'm Rowan Williams. I'm Baz McAllister. And welcome to Force Material, the show that's all about freaking out over this episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Baz, what are your thoughts on what we've just seen? I, I'm still not sure that I can believe what we've just seen. Yeah. You know, it's, you're sitting there on a Wednesday night in Australia mm-hmm. and, and Luke Skywalker's on your screen and it looks like he's been filmed in, you know, circa 1989 or whatever. Yeah. And he, he just looks like he belongs there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uncanny and, but not uncanny because the uncanny Valley didn't happen for me. Really? The canny Valley. Is that a thing? It was, in, it was definitely within the canny Valley. I, I believed I was seeing Luke Skywalker. Yep. Unbelievable. What did you think? Oh, I mean, I blown away to me. He looked a lot better than he looked in even the Mando season two finale. Yeah. Um, and also just a much tougher thing because in that, you know, that, that was essentially, you know, he's on screen for a few seconds, really standing still, you know, this one, he's a full on character in the episode moving around, yeah. you know, having all these conversations with Grogu. Yeah. He's doing all the stuff that he did in that finale, you know, while he was hooded, except no, he's not hooded and he's talking as well. Yeah. He's moving around. He's it's seamless. I mean, they're not called industrial light and magic for nothing, right? Yes. It truly is magic. It is. It's amazing how far we've come in, in just a few years. Like um, in Rogue One, Tarkin was all right, but not quite there. The, mm. the Leia in Rogue One wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, even in Rise of Skywalker, the, the Luke and Leia fight scene didn't really sell it for me, but this is perfect. And that's, you know, we're talking in the space of five, six years, aren't we? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I I I I'm just, I I just can't get my head around. We <laughs> saw, you know, Luke Skywalker, and we're talking like you know, prime Luke Skywalker, essentially played by Mark Hamill. He's just a recurring character on a live action TV show. <laughs> like, what what is life? How is what what is happening? You know, and there's like you can have opinions on the episode and and and, and whatever, but just. That is amazing to me. Yeah. And it's sort of, it's, um, it shows me that this show is training us to watch Star Wars TV, TV a different way, really, than we watch anything else, I think. Mm. It's, it's all one story, isn't it? It's not disparate stories. It's, it can go anywhere. It might be called the Book of Boba Fett, but it can pull anything in from anywhere, just like The Mandalorian did. It pulled everything in. From everywhere, and I remember us debating during Mando season two, like, "Oh, they're looking for the Jedi. Who could the Jedi be that that's going to take Grogu? Who could who could they be putting the message out to?" And you know, is it is it Cal Kestis? You know, <laughs> is it Plo Koon? Whatever. We thought it and would be like, anyone but Luke Skywalker, right? <laughs> yeah, because it's like narratively, Luke Skywalker makes the most sense at this time in history. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're just not going to do that. Like, you're not going to get. They're not going to go to the effort of, you know, de-aging Mark Hamill for a TV show. But of course they did. You know, yeah. it's, it was the, it was never going to be anyone else. It was, ju- it was going to be him and we should have trusted them. Yeah. And, and here we are, you know, at the end of last week's episode, we were sort of going, well, are we going to see Luke? Are we going to see Luke this episode? Are we going to see Grogu? Mm. And the answer is yeah, yes, of course we are. If, if mm. you think that they, they can do something, they're going to do it. But, you know, we pile 
surprise on surprise because not only do we get Luke and Grogu, we get Ahsoka as well. We get Cad Bane showing up later on, mm-hmm. just the cherry on the top of the cake. Mm-hmm. It, this episode just went from one shock reveal to another, and it was amazing. And everything was earned, and and it really it took you on a journey. You know, the seeing Luke and Ahsoka on screen together and having a discussion about Anakin. Yeah. Yeah, when did you think you were ever going to see that? Yeah. But here it is. It's stuff that I hoped we would see at some stage during this Disney Star Wars, Disney Plus Star Wars era. But, you know, I wasn't expecting to see it this week. <laughs> you know, you mentioned before, like, the, the, the sense that, like, anything can happen. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, st- I guess I'm still trying to sort of, you know, temper expectations. So I'm coming into this episode and I'm thinking, oh, well, they'll probably find some reason why Luke isn't there. Like, even if he finds Grogu, Luke will be like off world or something, or, you know, he's, he's, he's left Grogu with someone else or, you know, like we're not going to get a, just a mid-season Boba Fett episode. I think I said this on last week's pod. We're not going to get Luke Skywalker yeah. on just a mid-season book of Boba Fett episode. But we did. We got like a whole episode of him. Did we get a book of Boba Fett episode? That is more debatable. But we did get a whole episode of of Luke Skywalker. And I mean, obviously, there's there's already this is you know fairly early days of the discussion around this episode. But there's already been tons of talk around. You know, is this really still the book of Boba Fett? Is this Mando season three? Is this Mando two point five? Like, what are, what what is this show? And I think those are all valid questions. I think one of the things that's sort of maybe getting a little bit lost in that is that part of the shock of this or part of the experience is like for better or ill in terms of the, the the narrative this wouldn't be as exciting if it had happened on the luke trains grogu show you know like mm, if, yeah. if it's the fact that it was a random episode of book of boba fett where you know we suddenly get luke skywalker we get grogu we see luke training grogu we get ahsoka we get cad bane you know Cobb Vanth too. Cobb Vanth. You're just not expecting this stuff in a random episode of the Boba Fett show. So on the one hand, it is wild that this all happened this week, but it's like, yeah, that's, I think that's part of the appeal of it, right? It's the sense that like anything can happen at any time with these shows. Yep. For sure. It's this extra level of excitement because not only are they throwing in everything they want to see and everything we want to see, but it's There's a reason for it. That works. It's emotional. It drives the story forward. You know, everything is there for a reason. It's not just fan service and it's, it's just brilliant. I do think just on, on all the stuff around the title, I, I am still sort of of the opinion. It probably would have made more sense for this to just be the Mandalorian season three. So I think what probably would have worked best and avoided all of the like is this this even the Boba Fett show like where's Boba Fett sort of stuff that's happening today is uh, like when we got to the end of season two right on the 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 Boba Fett stinger at the end of season two of the Mandalorian like Mm -hmm. I remember us talking about on this pod is the book of Boba Fett a separate show or is it season three of the Mandalorian and I was in the I think it should be season three of the Mandalorian camp and I'm still in that camp and more <laughs> in that camp than ever. Because I think the way to get around all of this, like, where's Boba Fett stuff would be if they'd kind of set expectations by saying at the start of the series, you know, yeah, this is a season of The Mandalorian, but it's like it's an anthology show now. Like we're doing the Clone Wars thing. We're, we're jumping around and seeing what different Mandalorians around the galaxy are up to. Now, you can debate whether Boba Fett is a Mandalorian or whatever. That doesn't, that's not that interesting to me. Is Mandalorian enough? 
um, mm-hmm. for it to have worked to say that you were switching focus to Boba Fett for a four episode arc or whatever. Or don't, you yeah. know, don't tell people how long you're going to do it for, but, but just say, you know, we're switching focus to Boba, but it's still called the Mandalorian. And then when you get to episode five and Din Djarin shows back up, it's like, it's a surprise, but it's like, oh, cool. The lead character's back now. It's not like, oh, <laughs> Mando's stealing this other guy's show, you know. So, <laughs> you know what people are like, though. They would watch that and they would, for four episodes, and they'd go, "Where's Dinjarin? There's Dinjarin. You're you're right. You're right. This <laughs> yeah. is not a solution. I've solved nothing. <laughs> I've I've just created a, a new, a whole new, a whole new. <laughs> it is what it is. It's- what you said up top is like we're essentially watching Star Wars the series. That is probably hmm. the best way to. To look at it, whatever whatever it says on the tin, it, it's a Star Wars live action TV show, and anything, you know, anything Star Wars related apparently can can yeah. happen in it. Like I, I guess at least the Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian are taking place in simultaneous time periods, and we're going to get Kenobi later this year and Andor, mm-hmm. and one of the Kenobi is like what ten years before A New Hope, and Andor is a is around the time of a new hope. So they're two different time periods as well, but still anyone can pop up in those. You just, uh, that spun my brain out last night thinking about that. Who could pop up in Kenobi? Who could pop up in Andor now? Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> see side characters from all over the place, just coming out of the woodwork. It's going to be great. Well, I, I was, I was sort of wondering if they were maybe seeding something for Kenobi or, or another series altogether with mm. uh, Grogu's flashback in this episode. Oh, yeah. Where we see, you know, Grogu at the at the Jedi Temple and we don't know who saved him from that situation and how he ended up where he ended up. And I wonder if maybe part of that story will be told through flashbacks in the Kenobi show. Like if Kenobi had something to do with that or knows something who had someone knows somebody who had something to do with that. Um but I mean there's a million ways they could go with that. That could be in Yeah. That that could be in, you know, any any of these other shows they're working on. So who yeah. who knows? But let's let's get into, I guess you know, aside from just the the shock and awe of seeing Luke on screen, you know, I, I guess let's talk about what he was up to this episode. So, you know, he's running around, he's teaching Grogu all the things that, you know, that Yoda, or attempting to teach Grogu all the things that Yoda taught him. I mean, even just talking about it now, like I'm, I'm getting goosebumps. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just, like, I can't believe we saw this. What, what did you make of Luke the teacher? He's not got it all worked out yet has he i mean no. he's he's more, he's more of a student teacher right now he's just like <laughs> one of those classroom assistant guys who comes in and uh <laughs> tries his best but uh yeah I, he's um i found it a little bit odd that the building droids were cool they were building luke's school mm-hmm. but i find it a bit odd for a guy who can just like lift rocks by looking at them is getting droids to do all that kind of work it just seems not energy efficient um, I wondered what was up with that, but then I was like, also, those droids are extremely cool looking, and this is, you know, this yeah. is fun on that level. But yeah, I, I did wonder why he wasn't just making it himself. <laughs> yeah, because he could do it in, in seconds, and, and the force is a renewable resource. Um, it would be a lot greener than using <laughs> droids to, to do all that work. Well, we don't know how he powers awesome. his droids. You know, they could, they could be <laughs> renewable as well. Solar powered building droids. Maybe, exactly. yeah. Yeah, why not? Uh, nice to see R2 as well up top. Yes, um, this is the, the, the cameo yeah. that nobody is because there's so many other yeah. things to talk about this episode. I, w- I, w- I think so much of our discussion heading into the episode was like, will we see Grogu? Will we see Grogu? Will we see Grogu? And we didn't even really talk about 
if we go to Luke's school, R2 will be there too. Like that was, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love the way R2 is sort of growing a little bit as a character. He's always been a little bit sort of snarky and grumpy in mm. certain ways, but, but now he's sort of got to that grandpa kind of situation where he just goes, ah, well, I'm out. I'm going to take a nap now. There's nothing going on. We're done. <laughs> Which is sleep. kind of re- readying him for his big sleep um, in uh, in the sequel trilogy, right? I literally, when he shut down for a second there, I'm like, "Is this? Are they? Is is this? Is he just asleep until the Force Awakens now? Is that what they're doing?" <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that whole sort of the waiting droid section of the episode that was that was really. I mean, honestly, in, a, in an episode full of insane stuff, I think my favorite line in the whole episode was just. Is that a bench? Like when Bando <laughs> was like sitting around waiting for uh, waiting for Grogu to show up. That whole that whole sequence was a lot of fun, and you know, just the un- the un- the awkwardness for Din of just being surrounded by droids with no organic being in sight was fun. Mm. Yeah, yep. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what this planet is. I'm sure someone has figured this out, but uh, I'm sure it's probably named in some of the Kylo Ren comics or something. But um, yeah, so it's it's a cool planet with lots of bamboo, which seems uh, ripe for the uh, wuxia kind of sequences that are hopefully coming up at some point. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, even even in this episode, like the whole running through the the bamboo and doing their training and stuff. I mean, these are all staples of martial arts cinema, uh, mm. you know. So obviously. Uh, I suppose the, the the most obvious one in this episode is like when they when they head to the the top of the the bamboo and look out. I mean that obviously had big like crouching tiger, hidden mm. dragon vibes. It'd be cool if we eventually see some sort of you know lightsaber fight up there at the at the top of the bamboo. Um, and and also another one like if you know uh, if you want to see more of that sort of stuff that um, I would definitely recommend tracking down is a movie called A Touch of Zen by a director called King Hugh, who was kind of like, uh, he was a big like Akira Kurosawa fan and he basically like applied a lot of Akira Kurosawa style to, I mean, virtually like inventing the the wuxia um, genre in Hong Kong and then later um, Taiwanese cinema. But A Touch of Zen is sort of his masterpiece and there's a lot of, if you enjoyed just the those scenes of, you know, Luke and Grogu just running around in nature through the, the through the bamboo, I, I would recommend A Touch of Zen. You'll, you know, pop that in, you'll have a, a good couple of hours. I really enjoyed Luke's um, new outfit as well, with the sort of the the supple kind of more earthy boots, mm-hmm. you know, rather than the the kind of the dressy you know shiny leather ones, mm. and uh, and the more relaxed kind of tunic. You know, it's um, it's a nice kind of evolution of his look into you know um, teacher with with moccasins on. Yeah, um, <laughs> tweed tweed jacket with the patches on the sleeve, you know that kind of thing. It's um, it's cool. <laughs> well, he's evolving towards his cool youth pastor look, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. I, I liked his backpack as well. That was mm. that was great. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously, just you can't. I I know it's kind of, it's it's cheap in the sense that like they don't really have to do a lot for us to react and be like. Oh my god! All the feels, but yeah, man, seeing seeing Grogu in that in, in the backpack was with Luke yeah. was incredible. And just hearing Luke talk about Yoda, you know, you remind me of yeah of Yoda, and sort of asking him about his home planet mm. and things like that. It's kind of it lets you know that mystery is still there. 
of mm. who these beings are and where they come from. Mm. I loved, uh, like, it's just a little thing, but I loved um, Luke sort of lifting Grogu up when they were walking <laughs> along. Because literally, as we watched that scene, uh, my partner was like, how's Grogu going to keep up with him? And then, but then, yeah, how he, how he just sort of picked him up with the force and just kept sort of, you know, moving him along. That was, that was cute. But yeah, really, again, it's just like, I like that they sort of think about those little, little details like that. It's like when you walk with a toddler and you, yeah. you, you know, you, you swing him, you swing him yeah. forward, like with, with those two of you. Um, hopefully, you know, your child, not just a random toddler. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> or a toddler you've, you've taken from a, you know, a, a, a Mandalorian uh, warrior and claimed as your own. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about uh, that because. Yeah. How do you feel about this in terms of Luke, you know, keeping the old Jedi ways of having to, you know, renounce attachments in order to become a Jedi. I don't feel good about it at all. Mm. Um, Cause I, you know, I feel that, that Din has more or less successfully at this point started to extricate himself from a cult in which he was, you know, brought up in. Yeah. Not I mean, completely. I thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he still went back, and and it's still the jury's still out as to whether he may feel the need to go and purify himself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka yeah. or not, <laughs> right? But um, you know, at, at this point, he's doubting the armorer's cultiness, and for him to then just give Grogu up to, you know, sure, it's his, it's his own folk, but you know, it's still a cult with lots of strictures, which you know, I think. He would appreciate that Grogu probably doesn't believe in now that they've formed, formed this bond together, mm. and he certainly doesn't believe in it. He's got the bond of this being a foundling, and he doesn't want to give it. So it it just doesn't sit well with me for for Din to sort of give Grogu over to another cult, mm. and and it sh- you know Luke is still teaching these lessons, which and and he's still even in the sequel trilogy, obsessing over the sacred Jedi text, really, mm. to a point, you know, before Yoda kind of disabuses him of their importance. So he still believes in the Jedi as a thing, mm. even though he's got to be aware that the Jedi didn't really work out that well in the end. Mm. You know? Although it's interesting to note that Luke does go on to, you know, he trains his own nephew, which... If that's not an attachment, I don't know what is. So, and that didn't really go very well for him. So, you know, mixing business and pleasure, as it were, there mm. with with Luke training someone who he's emotionally attached to didn't really go very well. So, well, it, he goes it on to train his sister as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he does. He was he was emotionally attached to in ways that are extremely inappropriate. But you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, whether you're a Jedi or not, but yeah, uh, you know. So I. Uh, it is sort of. I'm. I'm hoping we see him evolve past this. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping this is, and this is a theme that I think we've talked about with Boba Fett this season as well, where it almost seems like Boba Fett is sort of determined to like live up to the legend of Boba Fett. You know, mm-hmm. he's as you said last last time, he's screaming at random droids. You know, I am Boba Fett. It's like, all right, man, we get it. He's got to have the armor. He's got to have the ship. You know, he's got to sort of mm-hmm. act out the role of Boba Fett. Sidebar, I've begun reading War of the Bounty Hunters, and mm-hmm. that's the Boba Fett that we're seeing on screen. He's he's already, you know, issue one, he's already talking to other minions of crime lords about, you know, 
hey, why do we let these guys get away with sending us to die and getting all the cash? Mm. You know, it's like he does in the show. And he's he's also he's also sort of playing up the reputation of don't you know who I am? And mm. you know, he needs he needs the army, he needs the ship, he needs all this stuff. So it's uh it's a it's obvious that whoever has written these episodes has has definitely, you know, Favreau has definitely read War of the Bounty Hunters and he's kind of playing along with that. Yeah, well, also, Charles Soule seems to be really good at sort of anticipating mm. or, you know, what, what what sort of direction they're going in with the shows and the films and kind of, you know, weaving that into his comics beforehand. But um, mm. I, I haven't read all of War of the Bounty Hunters yet. I'm almost caught up, but we should do a, we should do like a little mini episode or something on War of the Bounty Hunters once um, sure. we both read it. But yeah, just on that. So so yeah, uh, you know, Boba's feeling the need to live up to the legend of Boba Fett. Luke, at the same time, I think is feeling the need to live up to, if not like the legend of Luke Skywalker, like he sort of talks about in the Last Jedi. Then definitely, he's. I think he's trying to sort of bring back the Jedi Order by the book, you know. And I think what's kind of sad about it, and I hope that we get into this, probably not in this show, but at some point in one of these shows, is. I, I don't think we're meant to think this is a good thing, the way that Luke is doing things. Um, yeah. And it, it's particularly sad because it's like, it's the fact that Luke didn't live by these this sort of dogma. That's what made him great in the original trilogy. It's it's sort of like he's determined to sort of, he's obvi- you know, he's obviously read up on the Jedi Order and, you, you know, we know from uh, like, I guess, Battlefront and the, comic book that came out before the force awakens or whatever that he's been studying up on like Jedi history um, before this sort of period in his timeline. So at that, at this point he's, you know, probably pretty well read on Jedi customs and all this sort of stuff. And I guess he thinks he has to do that. Like, I guess he thinks like that's what a Jedi teacher does. And these are the sort of tenets that a Jedi lives by. And we have to have this sort of monk like existence and whatever, but you know, look to, to quote another great John Favreau work, He's so money and he doesn't even, <laughs> but he, he doesn't, he doesn't get that. Like that he, the reason he was so great in return of the Jedi is because of his attachments. Like is because he said, you know, I care about my dad against all odds for no clear reason. I believe in him. I believe there's good in him. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to sort of back that. And, you know, obviously he's attached to Han, he's attached to Leia, and we saw we saw that run him into problems. But, you know, we also saw that that's probably, you know, a source of strength, inspiration, whatever for him. So, yeah, the idea that he would be in favour of someone having to kind of cut themselves off from their life before they were a Jedi, it doesn't, it doesn't ring true to me. I feel like his heart is not completely in this, which is why he's struggling so much with yeah. what to do with Grogu and why he gives Grogu the option of leaving, um, which, you know, as far as I know, is not something the Jedi were really known for doing <laughs> back when they were no. running things. That's right. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it is weird to see him give Grogu this choice because um, you, you're right, Luke seemed to get the purity of what Jedi were supposed to be without getting bound up in the thousands of generations of, you know, politics mm. and strictures and red tape and everything. And, you know, if, if a planet's not in the archives, it doesn't exist. The Jedi mm. were just, they were fools. They were, you know, they, they thought they knew all and they knew nothing. And mm. Luke knew nothing, but he ended up being the greatest of all of them, really, mm. because of that, you know. 
Yeah, he got um, to a level of enlightenment that I don't think anyone in the prequels, with the possible exception of, of Qui-Gon, yeah. had gotten to. That's right, yeah. Luke, no, and Luke I'd is, include Yoda in that. Yeah, Luke is definitely the, the, the Qui-Gon of his time, and, and, and that was the closest Jedi inspiration to him, I think. And, you know, it's no secret that the tiny amount of Jedi instruction he got came from Qui-Gon's pupil, I suppose. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know where we'll go with this. I think this is, this is one of the, I, I remember saying when we talked about the season two Mando finale, even though I love most of like the sequels, I do kind of find myself wishing with this Luke thread that we didn't know where it was going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not on board the, you know, decanonize episode eight through episode seven <laughs> through nine movement or whatever that is. Uh, that'll never happen. And this episode, yeah. I think, just solidified that that's, that that's never happening. Um, but I, I do wish that we didn't know this all ends in disaster for, yeah. for Luke. And there really is no, even if he does grow beyond where he's at now, and even if he does come up with a start developing a more enlightened Jedi order it doesn't go anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't, he doesn't sort of do anything with that. So yeah. It's it, a it, cautionary tale about the pressures of being a teacher, isn't it? Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Low pay, long hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the stress, the stress, these kids are not listening. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Um, but it's nice to think that he, he maybe does get a few idyllic years of, of instructing a new batch of, hopefuls before it all goes horribly wrong mm. um yeah that, that would be nice to to think and nice to see but i don't think i want a series of the jedi academy uh you know I, I just don't think that's what i want but i do want to check back in on this very often mm. if mm-hmm. we if they did go jedi academy the series mm-hmm. would they would do you, do you think they'd go like CGI Adam Driver for you know for young Kylo or would they sort of they just you know cast a cast a younger actor save it till 2027 when the technology will be available yeah. to do whatever you want you know yeah. it's yeah i'm just plucking a day out of the air there but <laughs> you know it, it seems reasonable that in 5 years we'll just be able to do to to clone Adam Driver at whatever age we need him and download the acting ability into his little semi-cyber brain and just have 15-year-old Adam Driver if you want. There you go. (laughs) You know, why not? And then they can pipe it all directly into our Matrix pods and um, we'll we'll all just eat it up. You know, can can you get a Matrix pod with a Disney Plus subscription built in, (laughs) do you think? I mean, that could we could be in one right now. Who knows? Yep. Well, well, we could, and, and I'd be happy enough to be in one. <laughs> <laughs> How psyched were you to see the lone wolf and cub moment that we have talked about and talked about and talked about on this podcast actually happen in in this show? Early in that scene, I was like, they can't be. They can't be doing it right now. Oh, they are. They are. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's funny is, is like, I think what distracted me from it for a second was like when he got out the little jacket, because you'd said on last week's episode, oh, he's going to, he's going to give him like a little mithril, um, you know, like a Lord of the Rings thing, which like, I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy that, that whole reference Mm -hmm. goes over my head. But, um, but I was like, oh, there you go. He got the, he got the little jacket. That's Baz would be so excited. Yeah. I was just thinking like, oh, Baz will be so, so Baz will be so happy with this. And it, and then, so it didn't even sort of register for a second. And then he's like, you know, 
but you have to choose. And I'm like, oh my God, they're doing it. Yes. They're going to make him choose. They're doing the work. So for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, since like day dot of talk about the Mandalorian and especially like when we found out about Baby Yoda and so on and so forth, we talked about there's a uh, big influence on this show is a manga and film series called Lone Wolf and Cub. I feel like any of everybody listening to this would know what that is, but uh, if not, it's awesome. There's an American version of the, not an American version, but there's a, um, sort of an American edit of the first three Japanese movies called Shogun Assassin, which might be a little bit easier to find than the actual Lone Wolf and Cub movies. I'm not sure. But there's a Lone Wolf and Cub uh, collection from Criterion that is amazing. So I mean, you can just get that if you can. Um, anyway, great movies. They're all about a guy who is essentially sort of a wandering Ronan. He, he, he was sort of, he was betrayed. His wife was killed. And it was basically just sort of him and his baby. and he decides that he's going to go on the on the you know as on the road as a sort of wandering assassin and he gives his baby the choice you know if you want you can come with me down the assassin's road we'll have adventures together it'll be sick you're going to be in a little basket with weapons on it it'll rule but you know it's going to be a tough life i'd understand if you don't want any part of this uh, I can send you to be with your mother if you want. So in other words, he he, he will kill him. And he, he lays out in front of him a ball and a sword. And the ball obviously representing, you know, childhood, innocence, whatever, the sword representing the assassin's road. And the baby chooses the sword and they go off and have their adventures together. And for the longest time, we've been waiting for the scene where Grogu... Now, I thought it was literally going to be the ball. Like, I thought that was the whole point of the metal ball that Grogu's been carrying around for, like, a year in yeah. The Mandalorian, that he would have to choose between, you know, that that if, if, if Grogu wanted to go with Mando or he wanted to be a Jedi, that he would have to choose between the ball and the saber. They ended up replacing the ball with the, the jacket. Um, so he chose between the jacket and the saber. Baz, what do you think? What do, where do you think we're going with this? What do you think he's going to pick? <laughs> that look, that M1 Starfighter was built with a little bubble on top for mm-hmm. a reason, mm-hmm. and he's he has to pick that, surely, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to learn about the Force so he can get all the frogs. He's happy with just one frog. <laughs> he knows how to get one frog. He doesn't need to get 20, 30 frogs. He's yeah. okay. What does you know? he does he need more lessons from Luke or does he sort of know enough to get by? He's older than Luke. <laughs> he could probably <laughs> we've seen him do pretty impressive stuff with the force. He's probably, mm. you know, he's lacking a little in balance and lightsaber training, but you know, um deflecting flames, pretty good. Healing people, mm-hmm. nice. Bet you Luke can't even do that. Exactly. He can do stuff uh, Luke can't do. <laughs> Yeah. Luke for. <laughs> so, you know, he should go and be with his family. And just, yeah. You know, put on the little Mithril undershirt and, and let's go get yeah. into the Starfighter. And, you know. <laughs> I'm so I'm so torn. I don't know what I want here. Because on the one hand. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's just monstrous that Luke is making him choose. You know, I, I can't get past that. But secondly, I, I, I want to see Grogu with the, with the lightsaber. I want to see mm. Grogu and Luke training at the, you know, the top of the, the, the bamboo forest. I want to, I want to see all of that, but I want to see him in that jacket. I want to see him in that N1 Starfighter. I want him in Mando season three. 
I think I think I want him to go with Mando. I think it's the right choice for him. Yeah, I think it's the it I think it's the less uh, miserable choice than than going into this life of you know no attachments with with Luke. I think because they know that people who know the Lone Wolf and Cub story would be expecting him to take the sword. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they will go the other direction and have him go with Mando instead and choose, you know, not the the path of the, the Jedi. Yeah. So, you know, maybe what the end sequence of next week's Book of Boba Fett would be Luke turning up on Tatooine after the battle to drop off Grogu. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was wondering too, like if he chooses Grogu, if he chooses Mando. Yeah. Tell you what, this is the, okay. This is when I think we'll know what he chooses. You know, this episode ended with him being forced to make the choice, right? Yeah. Zooming mm-hmm. on those, those big eyes and, you know, the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah. His tiny little shoulders. Now, I think the start of next week, if that's not the first thing we see, he's chosen Mando. Yeah. Because we'll see, we'll see Grogu and Luke show up looking for Mando as part of the, um, you know. And help. Whatever big, yeah, and help. Yeah, we'll see yeah. Luke, you know, maybe take up arms in this fight against the, the Pikes. Yeah. Um, but if we see him straight away, then he's going with Luke because they don't <laughs> need to be in the rest of the episode after that. I'll tell you what I want to happen. The first scene of next episode would be, you know, just where we left it on Grogu's face and his first words are, why not both? <laughs> and he's just this <laughs> sick-ass Jedi with a Mandalorian suit of armor. Um, exactly. But, I mean, yeah. and, and, but isn't that, isn't that logically where, you know, if we talk about this is all one series, you know, this all, this all connects, isn't that huge foreshadowing last week for the armorer to be like, well, you know, the Darksaber was created by someone who's a Mandalorian and a Jedi. You know, mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That'll certainly yeah. never happen again. And then this week, <laughs> Luke's like, hey, man, do you want to be a Mandalorian or a Jedi? Uh yeah, as you say, why not both? Why not, you know, use yeah. Grogu the rightful holder of the Darksaber at the end of all this? God, who knows how long the end of all this is? We could be talking about decades for all of this to, you know, to, to play out over the yeah. course of various series. You know, Filoni, I'm sure he's willing to to play the, the long game here. but mm. And he's a Yoda as well. He's not only a Mandalorian and a Jedi, but he's <laughs> a Yoda too. He's a Yoda. It's great. It's, he's everything. Yeah. But yeah, this choice, this choice is a, is a, it's Kobayashi Maru. No matter what you do, you kind of lose mm. something. So he should just try and game the system and grab both of those and just <laughs> get his ass out of there. <laughs> he should just tell Luke he wants to be a Jedi, but then just bail at the earliest opportunity and get out with him. <laughs> yeah. You know, make your own rules, Grogu. You don't yeah. do it. Treat, treat it like an arts degree, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> sign up for it and just never finish. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> Don't need it. Luke didn't. Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. Even if even if Grogu chooses to stay with Luke, hopefully we will just see Luke sort of evolve beyond this. You know, you have to be this or this, and there's no middle ground mm-hmm. sort of attitude yeah. that he has at the moment. So eventually, he just ends up back with Mando anyway. At least mm-hmm. on a part time. You know, Mando. Some of the time, Luke they could split custody of uh, of the baby. Why not my two dads? Exactly. My, my two my space Jedi dads. dad and my Mandalorian dad. That's the next the next Disney Plus series. You heard it here first. <laughs> nah, you probably didn't. Lots of people probably said that at the end of Mando season two. But mm. you know, you've heard it here most recently. Uh, <laughs> obviously I mean we we touched briefly on Ahsoka 
Ahsoka, I did not see coming at all. I kind of, I half expected it because I thought if he's going to see Luke and he does see Luke and Grogu, um, Ahsoka might be there to train him how to use the Darksaber. I was surprised that that didn't happen. Mm. Um, you know, because I thought that might be the function of Ahsoka because she's, you know, more known for her fighting, I guess, than Luke is. He's more known for, for you know, being the leader of the school, etc. But I, I thought that Ahsoka, having been, you know, more of a veteran and seen proper action in the Clone Wars, etc., might be the person to teach him how to use the Darksaber. But, mm. but no, it didn't happen. Surprising. Mm. There is a third option. I, look, I don't know. I don't know if it's a third, second. I, I don't know what option number we're up to. But there's an option we haven't considered. We've talked about, you know, Yoda could be a, a Mandalorian and a Jedi. Um, what if Din has some sort of latent Jedi ability? What if Din could be a Mandalorian and a Jedi? Because that sort of solves his problem if he can just go live with Luke as well as a as a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we haven't seen him exhibit any sort of uh, Jedi skills yet at this point, have we? No, not really. D- apart from the ability to get back up again when he suffers incredible wounds. <laughs> it's just, he just seems to get knocked down all the time. It's... um. It's it's good that get up. They, always get up, the, you know. So always get up. Lesson from oh, Luke. Yeah, great line. Great yeah. line. Yeah, it's a uh, fall. What is it? Fall down seven times. Get up eight. Yeah, but that's yeah, ridiculous because yeah. you don't need to get up seven because <laughs> you've only been knocked down seven times. Why would you get up an extra? Why would time? you get up so, an extra yeah. time? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, anyway. I guess they're factoring in the time you got up before you got knocked down the first time. Oh, so, so you, you get up get that up morning. Out of bed. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, well, maybe just get up zero times and avoid any hassle. Avoid any of it, exactly. Just stay in you bed. this. We're problem solvers here on the Force Material Podcast. We're finding ways around all these issues. <laughs> oh, dear. But, yeah, that was great to see Ahsoka. Um, you know, again, the, the real giveaway that Ahsoka was going to be in this episode should probably have been written and directed by Dave Filoni. Um, that should probably have set the expectation that Ahsoka would be in this episode if I, if I was thinking. Again, like we, said, like we said earlier, these are things that we wanted to see eventually. Like, that's what's blown me away about these last two weeks of the show is, like, whether they should be in this show or not, the fact that we've seen The Night of a Thousand Tears, the fact that we've seen Luke and Ahsoka together on screen, you know, and we got those great little... Yeah, because you can only sort of really do those moments once, you know, the like, mm-hmm. I'm a friend of the family or like, you're so much like your dad. Like, she can't be saying that every time they hang out together, you know? So like, that's, those are moments we might not see again like that. So that was, uh, you know, I guess at some point we'll see them fight alongside each other, which we haven't seen yet. Um, mm-hmm. There's lots of rumors that there'll be some sort of heir to the empire style, like, multi-series crossover at some point once the Ahsoka series introduces Thrawn and, you know, Ezra maybe comes back into play and, and, and what have you. Um, yeah, fantastic. So we could probably see Luke and Ahsoka fighting alongside each other there. But to see them even just sort of sharing the screen together and having those moments in this episode was really cool. Oh, it's wonderful. But then, you know, we've only really still scratched the surface of what happened this episode. There's there's so much else. Um. You know the the whole the whole thing around Freetown, mm. which is I, I got to say is one of my one of my favorite side characters, Cobb Vanth. Mm. Um, I guess R. I. kudos Pay. to yeah. R. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, Pull one out, he's definitely Vanth. not dead. Not not uh, not according to Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> well, they talk about everybody says, in the past tense. 
So yeah, no, but but they but they you know they've described this fight and it says that um, the deputy was killed and Cobb Vanth was injured. Oh, uh, okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. But also, I, I turned the subtitles on and it's got the subtitles of all the people who are crowding around Cobb, and they're saying, "Is he breathing? Is he all right? Get the med pack. Get the stims. Quick, get the stims." Uh, so okay. you know, it, it's kind of like you know, there's too much of that going on for it to. No be, one ever oh, really dead. dies. Yeah. So he's he's got to be back, but I, I'm predicting that uh, Cobb will end up in Boba Fett's armor again by the end of next episode. Yeah, so you have a pretty wacky uh, out there theory about this that Bobo might be on on the on a one way track to Death Town. Uh, that doesn't yeah. make sense. That Bobo <laughs> might die at the end of this series. He might do, yeah. And you know, I can sort of see like I, I don't know what would have to happen to flip the script in his narrative like this, but I can see him either dying in the pursuit of what he thinks he wants here or giving it all up once he has it mm. um, to head off back into the desert again and join the Tuscans or something. You know, I, mm. I can see and give up the armor, you know, give up being Boba Fett. Something's going to happen probably to make him think that it's not worth it anymore because I can't see him continuing. Yeah, I think he's going to see the error of what he's trying to do, maybe. You know, set up a criminal syndicate with no experience. <laughs> Make <laughs> it till you make it, you know. <laughs> yeah, but the job you want, I mean, not the job you have. Like when when Ray turns up on Tatooine at the end of Rise of Skywalker, um, the old woman, you know, just asks her name and stuff. She he, she doesn't say, "Hey, you shouldn't be here. This is Boba Fett's territory now. Uh, he owns this whole planet, so he doesn't like strangers. So you better get out of here." I mean, that is that is flimsy. <laughs> and if you want to take that as evidence that Boba Fett doesn't continue as a crime lord, sure. He'd, I can't argue with by it. That anyway. He doesn't he'd say be- that. That is true. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, look, I don't know. I just, I just think that I somehow think that Cobb is destined to get that armor back and, and become a, you know, a, an all Tatooine sheriff or something like that, all Tatooine mm-hmm. marshal. It just mm-hmm. seems like that would be a, a good place for him to, to end up. Mm. Yeah, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Cobb gets some sort of suit of armor back or something by the end of this. But yeah. I don't know if he'll get Boba. I just don't know if they'd go to all the trouble of resurrecting Boba and then riding him straight back out, or or having him <laughs> lose the armor again straight away, or you know, like I I don't know. They wrote him out in episode five, to be fair, and he hasn't <laughs> had a line since. <laughs> He's in one scene the last two episodes, and he spoke no words. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get like too into the weeds about this, but like, who, <laughs> does that bother you? Like, like nah. straight up, do you have a problem with? Because obviously, like a lot of people are talking about this. Should Boba Fett be? You know, what is a Boba Fett show? Should it contain Boba Fett? It's kind of an existential question here. But you know, are you bothered by his absence? Not really. No, no. It's just you know. It- the title of it still kind of mystifies me. I think people have said that they've got a handle on it now. It's the book of Boba Fett. That doesn't necessarily mean that Boba Fett's the main character. It's the book of how he blah, blah, blah. And there are lots of different books in, say, the Bible, and they can go to different you know places and, and have different narrators and all that. So, like, yeah, fine. The title doesn't really bother me anymore. But the first four episodes, we were led to believe this was the journey of Boba Fett, and now it's kind of not. And it seems like with one episode left, there's a lot for him to have to do. He's got to, you know, finish his fight with the Pikes. He's got to honor the memory of his Sand People brothers. He's got to ride the Rancor. He's got to learn how to ride the Rancor. Yeah, we haven't does. seen that yet. You know, he's mm. he's got to 
he's got so much to do. He's got to pull together this disparate band of mercenaries. Mm. You know, we is is this the last we've seen of uh, Garza? Is you know, is his story with her going to go anywhere, or is she dead? Um, it's it's very kind of interesting uh, to see. I mean, I don't see any way they can do this in any less than any less than an hour. Probably, you want more than an hour for wrapping this up, right? You want a movie length end. I feel like it's either going to have to be a movie length episode, or they just don't resolve resolve a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff yeah. just gets kicked down the line to season two of. I mean, look, there's no point even trying to define various seasons at this point. It's kicked down the line to another Star Wars show at some point, whatever that show yes. is. Do you think there's going to be a season two of the Book of Boba Fett? I mean, there was barely a season one in the sense that, you know, they they did they did their four episodes. It's it to me is like it's like a Clone Wars arc or something. Like they did the Boba arc, you know. I, I, it doesn't seem like they really had a whole series of Boba stuff for him to do. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I mean, I like, I like Boba. I like this version of Boba that we've gotten on the show. We've talked a lot about yeah. how, you know, it's not necessarily the version we grew up with, but it's a, it's a fun take on it. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't think we, I think I'm happy for this to be a one and done, mm. you know? Um, and then we do various sort of spin-offs like this or however they end up deciding to do it um, in future Series. I mean, if they want to do a season two and and maybe get more into the stuff that we thought this season would be about in terms of, you know, running the underworld of Tatooine and really getting into the underworld of Star Wars and the syndicates and all that sort of stuff, that would be cool Mm -hmm. because they've only very superficially addressed all of that in um, this season so far. Uh, But I mean, I don't think they're, I don't think it's a given that there'll be a season two. Mm. I, I would argue this is exactly the Boba Fett we grew up with. Because um, he's mostly off screen, and when he's on screen, he says nothing. Just stands around. <laughs> yeah, I actually i watch I watched that scene again. Well, I watched the whole episode again, but this I, I watched it again with the with the uh, just to keep in you know to see if he says anything. And yeah, there is no dialogue for Boba Fett in yeah episode. It's all Fennec, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. Which, to be fair, you know, we always said that's probably how it should be. You know, Boba mm-hmm. is the Boba is the the guy who looks cool and is intimidating, but he he's not a you know not a chatterbox, and Fennec does a lot of the talking for him. Yeah, um, you know, and there was certainly there was that interview circulating where Tim Morrison was advocating for that. So yeah, you know, it looks yeah. like he got what he wanted over the course of the series. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he's he's going to have to get pretty loquacious next week to make up for this. Um, <laughs> but uh, so um, yeah, the the other cool. Um, incident in this episode but beyond seeing Cobb Vanth and getting to hear him sort of chat with Mando mm-hmm. was the Cad Bane gunfight. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't believe we haven't even gotten to that. There's so yeah. much happened. So much has happened. Yeah. So much happened. Uh, so, you so know, yeah. as, soon, as soon as you see that silhouette, you go, that's Cad Bane. He's coming. Well, also, yeah, for sure. And also Cad Bane is probably actually in a lot of ways, the most exciting development to come out of this episode. Cause we were sort of talking via text straight after we saw it. And one of the things we were saying to each other was like, even though it was cool to see Luke and Ahsoka and Grogu and Cobb Vanth, we knew those guys were around, you know, like we mm-hmm. knew that where they all were at this point in the timeline by the, by now, whereas Cad Bane, like that's new information. Like we mm-hmm. didn't know where he was at this point. But, uh, you know, Cad Bane's significant enough in this episode where we see Luke and, and Ahsoka and everything to have the episode named after him. Mm. You know, it's from the desert comes a stranger. That's, that's Cad Bane. So, uh, 
you know, he's obviously working for the Pikes. He's been sent to take out Cobb Vanth in response to Vanth's busting up of the the drug deal at the you know in the pre credit sequence, mm. um, which again was you know what the teaser that. <laughs> The yeah. trailer for the episode was based on it was just some some evaporators in the speeder and some pikes, and I'm like, well, that's all we can show you. That's, spoiling that's it. been such a fun. Uh, <laughs> I think we talked last week about how the teaser trailer for this episode shows you absolutely nothing. This one's the same. Like Bass was just saying, it's yeah, it literally shows you some pikes with their spice, <laughs> and uh, that is it. Uh, so yeah, props, tip of the hat to uh, you know whoever is putting these teaser trailers together from the barest minimum of materials uh, that you know trying to find five seconds of footage that doesn't spoil anything from these spoiler filled episodes. Well, well done to you. Yeah, and uh, you know that that scene, that gunfight scene was straight out of a western. I mean, specifically straight out of the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, the final gunfight. Mm. Um, because you know it's it's just Cad Bane's obviously based on Lee Van Cleef's Angel Eyes yeah. from that film, and uh, you know that's the scene where it's basically Angel Eyes against Clint Eastwood, and you know we've got Eli Wallach kind of wild eyed over yeah. on the side, jumpy, you know, not yeah. not quite knowing what he's doing, and it obviously plays out differently in Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, but you know it's that that three way standoff was was great to see. It was obviously a massive homage to that. It was. Oh, I just loved it. I love when Star Wars goes full Western. Yeah. It's probably my favorite parts of Star Wars. Yeah, the, the 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 absolutely the Sergio Leone vibes of this whole sequence were uh, off the charts. Yeah, the, the the moment he sort of emerges from the desert, um it was just, you know, taken shot for shot virtually from uh, Once Upon a Time in the West when you know, we see Henry Fonda kind of emerging from the, from the desert, but it it, it 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 also reminded me not in terms of the way it was shot at all, but just in terms of the feeling of that moment of when Boba Fett showed up for the first time in episode five, I guess, of Mando season two, where Mando's just gone about his business, he's taken Yoda up to the mountain. The viewer is not thinking about Boba Fett at all. Like we saw him once yeah. in episode one, and then we'd sort of forgotten about him. And then out of nowhere, Slave One suddenly appears on the horizon, um, and we're like, "Oh my god, it's Boba Fett!" Like that. It was that you're, same. You're cancelled. No, sorry, you're cancelled. Sorry, the fire spray appeared. A bit. Sorry, <laughs> that appeared on the horizon. Same. Same deal for me with um, with uh, Cad Bane showing up in this mm. episode. Like I wasn't expecting it. It makes sense. Like it would 100% make sense for him to be there. But I guess I, you know, I just it just wasn't front of mind. Um, and then, yeah, but as soon as you see that silhouette in the desert, you're like, oh, my God, here we go. It's on. Yeah, yeah. And they, they was, brought Corey Burton back to do the voice, which was great. Yeah, so good. It was weirding me out that he was a little bit, like, he was he was pretty skinny, but it was weirding me out he wasn't skinnier because I just expect <laughs> Cad Bane to be, like, rake thin. Look, like what a, we're not going to you know. do is body shame <laughs> Cad Bane. <laughs> Yeah, he's had it. He's had it bad enough. The poor guy. I didn't realize. I I never clocked before that Cad Bane was a left-handed gun, and that's mm. cool as well. Mm. Yeah, and the eyes. Though when he lifts his brim, you see mm. the eyes. Mm. It's, yeah, it's not angel eyes. He's devil eyes. It's it's good. I wonder. I wonder what the sort of cut through, like what the percentage is of people watching this who know who Cad Bane is. Yeah. Like, I would assume most people listening to this know who Cad Bane is. Like, they've either seen the Clone Wars or, they, you know, know enough about the Clone Wars. Um, you know, if, you, if you're listening to a, a Star Wars podcast. But I'm just talking about, like, the the general 
audience for whom this is a thing they watch once a week and then they go on about their their lives like a normal person. Um, you know, do, do those people know who Cad Bane is? Probably not, but I think they would have been impressed by his brief appearance in this episode. Yeah, if that's your first time seeing him, I don't know. Would you? Who's this blue alien cowboy with the red eyes? What I would have thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. You I mean, it's, it's easy for me to say that because I knew who he was and I was excited to see him. But I, I think the way he was introduced would have sort of built up a, a yeah. bit of mystique around him, even if you, you, you weren't it. familiar with who he was. Although, apart from the the breathing tubes and the and obviously him being an alien, he's he's just a cowboy. He's dressed exactly like a cowboy. He's well, so it's called Banth. So, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, so there's, there's nothing in there. Apart from the speeder bike, the breathing yeah. tubes and the you know the, the blue skin that's that's basically a western <laughs> speaking so of Cobb Vanth yeah was I the only one and I probably was whose brain was so fried on like cameo 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 like character introduction or whatever by the end of the episode that when they sort of lingered on the deputy guy a couple of times in that last scene I kind of thought it might have turned out to be Dash Rendar for a second, because he sort of had a bit of a Dash Rendar look about him. Obviously, it was not Dash Rendar. He was a character who was clearly, you know, created to die immediately. Yeah. But, uh, in, the, you know, um, in the credits, he's listed as Deputy Scott. Oh, well, there you go. RIP yeah. Deputy Scott. So, you know, he has a he has a very earthy earth name he as does, well. As- he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not worth coming up with the Star Wars name for him. He's only going to be really. for a couple of minutes. <laughs> But yeah, Cobb Cobb Vanth, hopefully not of Vanth Refrigeration um, next week. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see him come back. I want to see the the prophecy that I had of this Magnificent Seven-style defensive Tatooine come to pass. Oh, it has to, right? Like it's so it's got to be. Assuming Cobb Vanth survives, which from what you're saying, it sounds like he does, and I've I've uh, exaggerated the rumors of his death. Then we've got Cobb Vanth, Black Crescenton, obviously Mando. Boba, Fennec, the mods, yeah. who were literally called the mods in this episode. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, I don't think they looked quite as goofy to me in this episode either. No, no. When they're off they the bikes, they seem to they fit into their surroundings goofy, yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've got all those guys plus, you know, we. Oh, the, the, the Gumerian guards. The Gumerian guards. We may even have Luke and Grogu join the squad. Yeah, um, if they show but up on time, uh, maybe even with Ahsoka in tow, you know, it could be everybody could be there. It'd be great. Yeah, I, I don't think Ahsoka will show up again. I feel like she, that might have just been a little like, you know, yeah. remember this character exists uh, just to keep people interested in her, you know, her show coming up soon. And because, you know, obviously Dave wants to put Ahsoka in everything. Um, yeah, and, and she, you know, she, she fit well in this episode. But yeah, I don't think we'll necessarily see her again, but yeah, I think you know there's a there's an outside chance we see Luke again. Do you think we'll yeah. see any do you think there's any surprises left in the tank after this? Cuz this episode to me really did seem to just sort of leave it all on the table. Like mm. you know, like is there anything up their sleeve that they could pull out that would that would surprise you but would kind of make sense in episode 7? The only thing I think they can do at this point is Kira. Yeah. Yeah, Crimson um, Dawn. Crimson Dawn being in in charge of, you know, the Pikes mm. expansion into Tatooine, and yeah, they're uh, not and strong villains, so I wouldn't mind that. No, they're not. So you know, all you've got on that side is 
the Pikes and Cad Bane, really. Mm. And the Pikes have been shown to be, you know, they're sneaky bombers now. They're doing nightclub bombings. Um, it's it's not a great look. Um, we haven't even talked about the the real yeah. hanger of this episode. Is Max yeah. Rebo still alive? <laughs> Again. <laughs> you can't kill him. He can't be killed. I mean, you know, fair play for using a Camtano as a weapon of war now. <laughs> I just love the evolution. I'm never going to see that video Camtano of little, uh, little kids saying Camtano yeah. the same way ever again. <laughs> I love ice cream. <laughs> Camtano. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, you know, we have, yeah, we have the Pikes who I don't really rate as villains after their train got taken down and, you know, they've, they've really not been... And and Cobb Van gun three of them down before they even move. It's they're not great. So Cad also just that, like there's no sort of central like like who are mm. they? You know like what are yeah. the, like what's their deal? Like there's no kind of central Pike character who's sort of emerged as the villain. They just sort That's of right, yeah. they're more of an idea than a you know a, a, a concrete character at this point in the series. Yeah, and they're and they're pretty generic really in terms of just being drug running gangster dudes who mm. you know don't really have a lot of muscle in a fight unless they're on an armored train yeah so it's um yeah it's it's interesting i i don't see cad bane being able to start you know to stand up narratively against that lot on his own mm. and sort of give each of them the the kind of little moment they need in a big fight especially mm. if boba's got a rancor and danny trejo and you know I think they're going to have to pull something else out and uh, Crimson Dawn could be it. You know, if they come rolling in and, uh, and they've again, reading war of the bounty hunters, it looks like they've got some strength of numbers and some interesting characters in their corner. So anything could happen there, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with you. I think Kira was sort of the answer. I was, I don't know, shepherding us towards there, I guess like Kira, Kira makes sense to be revealed as the big bad yeah. in, in this series. Because again, I've just started War of the Bounty Hunters. I've just dipped a foot into the main story arc of it, but it, mm. it does. It's a crossover thing that affects all of the Marvel Comics lines, like your Darth Vader, Doctor Aphra. They're all getting into a War of the Bounty Hunters moment, mm-hmm. um, and Kira is involved there. And you know, I, I think that that's leading us on to a new push in the Marvel Comics to, to make Crimson Dawn a big thing, mm. uh, as far as I can tell. Crimson Rain, I think, is the new comic. Yeah, it's like, it's like the follow-up event yeah. or whatever. I don't yeah, know. which is, again, like another big event. So it would kind of make sense for Kira to pop up in the show as well to, like, cement the crossover from comics to live-action TV to, you know, to all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see her at all. Makes complete sense. And obviously, yeah, she's not just a comic book character. Like, so, or, you know, wider audiences would know her from Solo. And, you know, Amelia Clark is just a name actress yeah, even even she's, putting aside whether or not they know who Kira is, so she's just sitting there. She's sitting there, ready to use. And George Lucas loves her. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I think I think that could be uh, a thing. And then, okay, so the let's let let's before we sign off, then uh, the wildest bit of speculation. Um, and I don't think this will happen. I'm just throwing out what's the craziest thing that could happen if we've got Kira in there somewhere. You know, we've we've got Boba Fett, we've got. CGI Luke Skywalker running around. We've got Harrison Ford, presumably somewhere near the volume um, while he's filming Indiana Jones 5. 
<laughs> Do you think there's any chance Han Solo shows up in uh, in the finale? It, it's again wouldn't put it past mm. them because you know as as I said, I think way back in the day Han and and uh, Boba still have a bit of unfinished business. I suppose that Boba still would blame Han for knocking him into the pit. So it, it remains to be seen whether he'd seek to settle that score among all the other scores he wants to settle. So. You know, let's see. Mm. might happen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's Boba Fett Episode 7 coming up next Wednesday. We will definitely be uh, reconvening back here afterwards for a, for a podcast. Uh, in the meantime, guys, try and track down, if you haven't seen it, you know, Lone Wolf and Cub, uh, A Touch of Zen. What else do we talk about this episode? Good, the Bad, the Ugly, Once Upon a Time in the West. You know, see if you can fit one of those in before uh, before we do this again next week. And you can uh, also find us on, obviously, social media. Um, hit us up at we're at Force Material on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Tell us your craziest predictions for what might happen. Will Han turn up? Will Boba die? Will Cobb get in the armor? Will Luke show up? Will Grogu show up? Will Boba show up? Yeah. Will Grogu ride in the awesome Starfighter, which makes yeah. an amazing sound, which we haven't even discussed yet. But yeah, we're, we're out. <laughs> we're done. I'm Rowan Williams. I'm Baz McAllister. And you've just taken your first step into a larger world.